Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Triple Option. We are here. We're going to be doing something different for you. It's mere days away from spring football, but we are in the throes of another season. It's stickball season, and I am here with the stickball expert of the Florida State Beat, Tom Hawk Nation's own Brett Nevitt. Here is our special guest. Of course, I've got the two nerds that I'm always hanging out with, Adam and Kevin, blah, blah, blah. You know them. But let's talk to the new guy, the fresh face. Brett, how you doing, my man? I'm pretty good. Still, still recovering from a long trip trip over to Jacksonville yesterday, but doing all right. Doing good. So before we're going to get into it, we're going to have a full length conversation discussing Florida State baseball with Brett. Uh, got a little special highlight package here uh, that we're going to talk about covering both baseball and softball. But before we get to the more extended conversation, Brett, what's generally how you feeling about Florida State baseball right now? You feeling good? Feeling pretty good. Just feel. Um, like they can do a lot more things than last year and that they're going to be a more enjoyable team to watch. Obviously last night was a little different story, not the most exciting game to watch, but overall I think it's just a team that's, that's improved. And I think it's a team that's just much more complete this year. Hey Brett, that, that was Tuesday night. This is a uh, movie magic. Yes. <laughs> You're seeing this Thursday morning, probably. There you go. Let them know that the sausage is made, Kev. Very, uh, very <laughs> subtle. Very, the art of subtlety never escapes you. <laughs> well, listen, this is what we're going to do because Florida State did have a series sweep in their first series of the year against the James Madison Dukes. And big game for FSU softball. They beat the number three team in the country, UCLA. So we decided to do something a little bit different for you. We're going to do a little experiment. Uh, Kev, our video expert, has put together a little highlight package. I have put together my best uh, my best Kenny Main impression. So I got a little copy. I've got a little commentary. I've never done highlights before. I had to time this all up manually. And we can put a little parental explicit warning because my co-hosts have no idea what I'm about to say. So if you have children, I apologize in advance. All of these takes are satire, alleged um, humor purposes. Many people are saying nothing I'm saying should be taken seriously. All right, Kevin, let me know we're ready to go. All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to mute myself so I don't. Okay, well, it's not going to be that funny, so don't worry about it. Here we go. We've got Florida State versus the James Madison Pukes. The Pukes take the lead as Travis Wright for Schneiderberg and hits a solo shot out to right field. Disgusting, but not so fast. As resident newbie Brett the Hitman Roberts ties it up with the Dingsy. Ooh, look at this nice little slow-mo replay here. Bam. Beautiful, pure. Ah. Makes me want some waffle fries. Go Chick-fil-A. Later that inning, James just the Tibbs gives the good guys the lead. Look at that. The bats are hot, boys. From there, James Madison was much like Adam Brown in high school. They could not stop striking out no matter how much they tried. Parker Mestick imposed his will. And here we go. Nice little hit there for the Knowles. E.T. tried to phone home, but his spaceship got blown up, thrown out at the plate. Embarrassing. Reese Albert with a little BU next Tuesday action right there. Nice fundamental baseball. Whoopsies. Ah, Logan Paul Lacey just hit that ball right over a Japanese suicide force to advance the runners. The Knolls are looking good in game one. Boom. Look at that hustle. Ah, very good. Once again, fundamental baseball, just grinding out runs. Tony Hawk pro skater style. I am impressed with this Knolls team. 
They are up 4-1, top of the ninth, game one. Boom, see you later, nerds. Get out of here. Knowles get the win, 4-1. Let's move on to game three of the series, and the Knowles are out for the fourth president's blood. Alex Tororo Borealis starts off hot, and the Knowles are on fire again. It's a tie game in the bottom of the third. Reese Albert, he hit a ball higher than Snoop Dogg at the Super Bowl halftime show right into the outfield. Boom, takes it into second. He had a wonderful weekend all week, and this guy, and my God, look at those moves, child. Do what you got to do. Two on now, Alex Golden Terrell. He drives two of his own buffet boys into home, and the Knowles have once again just beaten up James Madison. There we go. Look at the plate. Admiring the handiwork. Nice energy. Ooh, good fist pump there. Oh, that is okay. That's, by God, that's terrifying. Woof. The beatings continue. The Knowles got a two-run lead right here. And once again, I think we're going to see. Are we going to? Holy hell, these guys are really weird. But that's all right. They're good at baseball. Woof. Speaking of baseballs, you can call that baseball Jeffrey Epstein because it was definitely murdered. Allegedly satire, many people are saying. Brett Roberts, once again, the score is 8-2, to two, and he takes no prisoners whatsoever. A good find by Mike Martin Jr., the meat man in staff. 10-4, good buddy. James Madison, you may have won the War of 1812, but my God, did you get your asses kicked here in Tallahassee. Moving on to softball. The Knowles take on some California Bears that are more formidable than Hank the Tank, the UCLA Bruins. Um, little, you know, little air there, but not her fault. Saw some Dorito dust on her glove. It happens to the best of them. In my opinion, the Bruins score a fake run here. Most pitcher Daniel Watson, drag and punch, wind up these dastardly bears. They're going to get another hit. However, that bat was not regulation size. So that's another fake run. Bottom of the second full count, Michaela Natasha Bedenfield. Uh, she sends that one over the hills. 2-1, the Knowles are climbing back. Death Bethany, the Dean of Mean Keen, with a single in the first to give FSU the lead. All your base are belong to us. The Lady Knowles are fighting hard. Oh, and disgusting, gross, terrible. UCLA back on top with a solo Dinsky. Oh, what, 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 what are all down here? Okay, okay, what's going on? Um, All right, we move to the eighth. Catherine Sandercock with a mask that would make Jason Voorhees blush. Ends the inning with the bases loan, you mind you, ice in her veins. Knowles win. Knowles win. Kaylee Harding euthanizes those bears in extra innings. Go back to your shanties, UCLA. The Knowles win. The number three team in the country goes down. In my word, what an absolutely beautiful weekend from the Knowles. Stickball rules. Everyone else drools. Back to you guys. Touche. That was excellent. Trey. Hats off. Hats well, off. That had to be awful to listen to, and I am Not out of. All. I, that, that was, was all that manually was great. I laughed like six uh, times. I couldn't stop laughing. Yet. I couldn't stop <laughs> Good. laughing. The, the, Brett, what do you th what do you think, buddy? Do I got a future? Uh, should I be uh, should I be calling Bristol? You think ESPN's going to be lighting up my phone there? Yeah, that was well done. It's better than A Rod on on Sunday Night Baseball. Oh, well, poor A Rod. You know what? I know that's a compliment, but my God, is that a low bar? Uh, I got to watch a lot of him <laughs> as a Cubs fan on Sunday. But you know what, Brett? You're a nice guy. Now listen. I'm going to take a backseat. I've got to rest my vocal cords, and I am not much of a baseball expert anyway. So, Adam and Kevin, talk to Brett. Yeah, let's uh, let's get right into it. So, I mean, a lot of people are going to want to know 
I think a lot of people are going to probably watch this and say, oh, what the hell happened last night down in Jacksonville? But let's go back to the weekend. Obviously a big weekend series, uh, winning all three games against JMU. You Recap that for us. Like, who were some of the guys that really kind of stood out to you? Um, maybe some, some surprises from the weekend, some things you saw that surprised you? Yeah, I don't think there were many surprises for me, to be honest, just because, you know, I just think it was a lot of things that I expected to see. It was just good to see that actually happen against another team rather than in a scrimmage. Yeah. Um, overall, just the top of the order was relentless. Um, in that weekend series, I think the top four hitters combined to hit 525 on the weekend. You know, Reese Albert had ended the weekend with seven straight hits. Terrell had nine RBIs. Uh, Brett Roberts was four for eight. Logan Lacey. You know, had that three on homer on Sunday and it seemed like he hit every ball hard in the in, during the weekend. Um, you know, overall, I think just, you know, Reese has made huge improvements with his swing and his confidence. And, you know, Alex and Brett are both huge impact bats from the transfer portal. And Logan's Logan and he always does his normal thing. And then I think you saw that Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard are the best one-two punch in the country. And, um, you know, I just don't think any other one-two punch in the country can compete with those guys and just the way they pitched the stuff they had and also this just the way they they attack hitters and the way that they handle themselves in the mound every day and overall it was just really good to see the approach in the weekend you know on tuesday at ju they struggled a bit with the approach but you know first road game of the season it is what it is and um overall i just think the approach is, is much better this year and the buy-in is there especially from some of the young kids and i think some of the young kids have really good futures ahead of them so could you could you break down what you mean by the approach? Because because I know that uh, meets meets approach is, is significantly different than than his uh, pops. So can you break that down for us? Yeah. So meets approach is basically you know <coughs> excuse me attack fastballs uh, middle third and you know it doesn't really matter what the count is. Just if you get a fastball middle third attack it. Um, a lot of what meat does is, is about letting the fastball get deep and driving it the opposite way because. If you're letting the fastball get deep, then you can then you can hit off-speed pitches because, you know, if, if you're getting the fastball out in front and you're to the pole side, then it's hard to make adjustments on, on off-speed pitches. Um, so, you know, and I thought they showed a, a lot in, during the weekend that, you know, they were sending the ball backside and fastballs were getting deep. And, you know, I think all the home runs this weekend, except for Terrell's grand slam, was to the opposite field. And, you know, a lot of the hits, a lot of just the two-out, two-strike RBIs were, there were balls that were, you know, either hit the opposite way or just – balls that they reached out for on two strikes and, you know, just got a piece and just put it in play. And, you know, I think they're just preaching that good things happen when you put together quality at bats. And, um, you know, all that comes from buying into Meat's approach and what he wants to do there. So if I'm, yeah. if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, his dad was, was more about uh, taking, taking first strike, making sure you're, you're patient at the plate, right? Yeah. His dad was more so about patience and, and, you know, making pitchers grind down at bats and they still want to do that. Um, it's just it's more so about putting pressure on through through athleticism and, and contact. And, um, you know, I think that's what they have this year. They think they can do that way more this year. And, um, you know, I would just say that Meat still wants guys to be patient and he wants guys to swing at what they should swing at and take what they should take. That's kind of the main the main point about his approach, I would say. Yeah, one of those guys that I really thought kind of emulated that approach was uh... Brett Roberts, I mean, can you talk about his game some? I mean, he, he's a guy obviously came in through the transfer portal, but I mean, he lived in that right center field, um, you, you know, when he was making contact this weekend. Yeah, so I was with Brett in the Cape Cod League this summer. I interned for Ooh. two Cataliers, and he was one of their infielders all summer. So, 
I've gotten to know Brett pretty well and gotten to see him play basically every single time he's swung a bat for the last calendar year I've seen it basically and um, you know Brett's just got really special hands and I think you know he's a guy that can let the fastball get deep and does damage the opposite way and you know for him I think going the opposite way for his home run early in the season was a good thing for him because he can see that he can go you know he can go a home run over that fence and I think that's going to do him favors. Um, you know, Brett's a guy that can use the whole field. It's line drives, athletic kid. You know, he's struggled. He struggled a little bit on the base pass this weekend. But, you know, when he gets him, when he's right on the base pass, he can do good things and create some havoc. Um, I mean, he's got pop in the bat. He's a skinnier guy, but he's got pop in the bat just because of how special his hands are and the way his bat comes through the zone. Um, and like you said, he used the opposite field really well this past weekend. And you know, I think he's a kid that, that is, is a 300 plus hitter and he's going to make contact and he's going to run the base as well. So I think, you know, there's not many parts of his game at the plate that there's not really any holes because he sees spin really well, which makes him, you know, it just he just uses the whole field really well and lets yeah. his hands go to work at the plate. Uh, everybody's going to talk about the one two punch pitching. Everybody's going to talk about the top of that lineup was is there any player that maybe had a really good series, but just didn't get talked about coming out of, of this past weekend. Yeah, well, I thought a couple of the freshmen had a really good weekends. And, you know, James Tibbs hit that home run on opening day. And I thought Jaime Freire had a hit every game in the weekend. He's there every day, DH right now. And, you know, came in as a catcher, but he's DHing and playing outfield this year. Um, and I thought, you know, he showed that, you know, he's really going to hit here. And mm-hmm. both those guys think Tibbs is a guy with more power and, you know, has a little, you know, has the loft in the swing, is going to hit a lot of home runs here. And, you know, Jaime is a guy that lines balls all over the field and um, just he's got athleticism. He can do a lot of things, you know, you know, had that base running error on, on Tuesday that cost them. But he's going to be really bright. He has a really bright future for them. Um, you know, I thought Jonas Galaro on Friday night showed why he's FSU's closer. He's just Mr. Reliable, can do anything for them, can come in into any situation and throw four pitches for strikes. Um, and I thought Jackson Green. He was playing this weekend because Jordan Carrion was out with an injury. So he's playing second with Trayton Ring playing shortstop. And I thought Jackson, you know, just played his game this weekend, played good defense, didn't try to do too much of the plate. And, you know, probably had his best weekend as a hitter as a, at Florida State as he's had. I think he hit 500 on the weekend. You know, nothing too flashy, but just, mm-hmm. you know, had it executed a hit and run, you know, had a couple swing and bunt singles. But that's what happens when you put the ball in play and just good things happen. So, um, Brett, we're, we've, we've listed all the good things about this team, but uh, where, where do you see the, the weaknesses being? Where, where might they run, at, run into trouble come tournament time? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I do think they're a pretty complete team. Um, I think they, you know, maybe one lefty bat short coming off the bench, and I think that was something they saw a little bit yesterday. You know, at the end of the game, they didn't have a lefty bat to go to. I'm sorry, on Tuesday, like you said, but <laughs> the ninth inning, all good with a righty closer and they don't really have any lefty bats on the bench. And, you know, part of that is Tyler Martin's out right now. Um, but overall, I mean, I don't know. It's they've got to get some of these younger kids in the bullpen more experienced. But I just think by the end of the year, those, those guys stuff is going to play up because they all have really good stuff. They just don't have the experience yet. Um yeah, I mean, this team doesn't have as much pop last year, but, you know, they battle. Um, there might not be as much talent in this lineup as some other lineups, but I think they fight and they showed that this past weekend. Yeah, There's so a- I don't know. Yeah. I, it's just it's a much more complete team like last than last year. I mean, I think they play good defense. I think they can run the bases. 
you know, they can put the ball in play and do some things and they're really going to pitch. So um, I'm not saying it's a perfect team, but it's just a, a, a well-balanced team. It does look like a group that does their job. I'll say that like uh, watching a lot of these at-bats this past weekend, it seemed like guys knew what their job was when they got up there and they had professional type of bats. I mean, Roberts is a guy who who's taken it to right field uh, Terrell. He had that, uh, um, sack fly to left field at one point. Uh, I think it was on Saturday. Maybe, maybe it was Friday. Uh, just guys just seemed to do their job when they went to the plate, which is refreshing because we haven't necessarily seen that uh, over the last couple seasons. Yeah, and that was something Meat talked about a lot, um, especially Friday night. Just, you know, they didn't put up a ton of runs. It wasn't super flashy, but they did. I mean, they only struck out three times, and yeah. Alex had that sack fly, and um, they just did things the right way, and um, I think when they do things right way and just keep pushing the quality at bats that um, they can be a really good lineup and just, you know, especially with carry on coming back and, you know, the possibility of Tyler coming back as well. I think it can be a really deep lineup one through nine. So this has been a hot topic in the discord and uh, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on one uh, baseball purists are probably wondering how the hell Florida state can have this many lefty starters in a weekend. <laughs> Why is it okay to have this many lefty starters for the weekend? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's there's a lot of things. Um, you know, I don't think it even went into the discussion when they were choosing the Sunday starter. I don't think they really cared about having three lefties. Um, you know, all three of those lefties are very different guys from each other. Um, Parker works west, I'm mean, east-west. Uh, Bryce works north-south. And Ross is a guy that just tries to overpower you, basically. And We'll drop in curveballs and but I mean Ross is very over the top and a little more traditional than than Bryce and Parker. Parker's got you know that little the low arm slot and mm-hmm. you know Bryce just uses spin rates basically to get it to get guys out and you saw that on Saturday just spinning his fastball really all he needed and just um you know I think it, it, it makes sense at Dick Hauser too because you want as you know with that right field fence you don't want a ton of lefty bats in the lineup for the opposing team. I mean if you can get guys playing to, you know, only left field and center field, you know, that's where Hauser's hard to get the ball out. So, you know, I don't think it, it it's just, to me, it's just choose your best, your best three guys. And I think that's what they did. And Ross was so good in the preseason that, you know, it was undeniable. He was going to be the Sunday guy. And, um, you know, I, you know, he struggled his first start, but I think he's still going to have a good season for them. Baseball purists just always crack me up. You can't have three lefties. You got to have, you got to break them up. It just, it always cracks me up. Speaking of pitching, uh, Montgomery, what'd you think? What'd you think on Tuesday? Yeah, I thought it was really encouraging. Um, and I thought Carson's last preseason, you know, outing was really good as well. And he showed, you know, a lot of good signs. And, you know, Tuesday, he was the most efficient he's ever been. And, you know, only 60% strikes and, you know, hit by pitch in his last inning of work kind of, you know, it derailed his start a little bit. But, Overall, I mean, I thought it was really good. Um, you know, Meat said after the game, it was it was a good outing for him. Um, seemed like he was mostly just using two seam fastball and cutter off of each other to get a bunch of ground balls. And you know, that wasn't something that Carson did last year. It seemed like he really wanted to be as perfect as possible and strike out everybody. Um, yesterday, it seemed like he really was just letting his defense go to work. And I thought he pitched well. And you know, he's dealing with a heel injury as well. He's got a bone bruise on his heel, so he was toughing it out. And they didn't want to push him too far. And, to see him be efficient and get four really good innings. And, you know, you know, they kind of went off their plan to send it back out for the fifth and, you know, gives up two runs there, but overall, I think he only gave up two hits, only two free passes and 
Um, you know, that's what you want to see from Carson. And I still really like what Carson's future is going to hold. Do you think his future as a starter is uh, is necessarily what he's going to be? Or you think he's going to project to maybe to a bullpen type of role down the road? Yeah, I think Carson's a, you know, pro starter. Um, yeah. As you know, he's not a high leverage guy. I mean, not a high um, effort guy on the mound. Yeah. Um, Carson's very, um, everything just kind of jumps out of his hand. And, you know, he doesn't really look like he's even trying sometimes. And, you know, he is trying, but he's just one of those guys that looks like he's not trying. Um, you know, I think at the end of the year this year, you could see him move to the bullpen to, to pitch in some higher leverage spots if he's having a good year and he's reliable with the strike zone. Um, you know, I've always thought that would be something that would really help them late in the season. Obviously, regionals and stuff and AC tournament, you do need that four starter. Um, but late in the year when you have weekends like TCU and, you know, big ACC weekends, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the bullpen. But, you know, long term, I do think next year he's a starter. And I do think when he gets drafted, he's going to be drafted as a starter. That's great. We got the Sanford Bulldogs coming up this weekend. What, uh, you know, before we get out of here, what, what are your thoughts? Any, anything you're looking for? Yeah, Sanford can really hit. Um, and they went to regional last year. They go to regionals most years. Um, I think they're already four and out to start the year and have scored like 10 plus runs in three of their games. Um, they rake every year. Every year you look at their averages at the end of the year, they're at the top of the country. So I think it will be a good test for the pitching staff this weekend. Um, I also think it will be an opportunity to, for the bats to get back on track after Tuesday. Um, just want to see uh, Ross kind of, you know, settle down on his second start on Sunday. It was I just thought he was pretty amped up on his first start and, you know, just, you know, first start jitters a little bit first weekend start that is um and i didn't think he was off by that much so just want to see him kind of get back in his groove and back in the rhythm he had in preseason and then just want to see the bats after tuesday get back to their normal approach and and not try to do too much um and just you know get back to playing at the home crowd i mean last weekend i thought the home crowd was awesome i haven't seen yeah. that since since Texas Tech came into town two years ago. So that was just, it was really fun overall to be there this past weekend. And I hope it's the same kind of crowds this upcoming weekend. Kev, you got anything else for our guy? Now, before we get too far into the season, I want to hear a, a, a end of season prediction. How far does this team get? Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> you got to put the pressure on them. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I mean, we'll see. Um, you know, I think it's a team that should, that should host a regional um, tournament. Um, I think if the only, they would have to do a lot of sweeps to be a super regional team and, mm. and probably win the ACC outright. Um, you know, we'll see if that happens. Uh, I mean, all I know is this, this pitching staff is an Omaha level pitching staff. Um, and I think it has the defense behind it this year to, to make it, to make the whole team an Omaha level team. Um, and if they can just do the things that me wants to do and be able to put pressure on offense on defenses, um, through contact and some athleticism, you know, I think it's a team that can definitely make the College World Series and, and make some loud noise deep into the year. Um, but you know, we're game four, so um, we'll <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd just, I thought I'd get the the early the preview, get people excited. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to deal with it all the time. So now you do, my friend. Um, <laughs> listen, Brett, you do amazing work. Uh, you can read his stuff, Tomahawk Nation. He's got his own podcast, Sunday Golds. Him and Arya Masudi, friend of the show. It's uh, it, it's not even a stretch to say best baseball coverage on the beat. Those two guys do a phenomenal job. Listen, subscribe, all that read all of Brett's stuff on Tomahawk nation. Twitter handle is what Brett with two T's PN. Yeah. Yes. At Brett two T's PN. He's got two T's, but he's number one on the beat. We love Brett. 
We love all of you guys. Spring football is coming up, but dude, so like Brett said, support your Knowles, Tallahassee people, go see softball, go see baseball, keep the crowds kicking and uh, never stop chopping. We love you guys. Bye-bye.